I really need to figure out what the deal is with this room because it, the background noise in here, I don't know what that buzzing is, but I already recorded the episode and there's this annoying buzzing that won't go away. So doing it again. What's going on, everyone? Welcome to episode 31 of Rookie Mistakes, the most important episode to date of this podcast. As promised, I'm going to start reflecting on this overall experience of mine traveling, and today's episode is going to be about why I quit my job and why I decided to pursue the path that I am on now. This could get really convoluted and it could get messy. I know with myself that I definitely could be all over the place with this. So I thought the best way to go about it would be to talk about why I want to be a content creator and then separately why I wanted to travel. And hopefully by the end of it, we'll have merged both of them together nicely to start it all off. I am one of those people, I'm sure many people are like this, I had no idea what I wanted to be growing up. I went over the typical things, I went through phases, I'll be a doctor, I'll be a teacher, I'll be a lawyer, I wanted to be a psychologist at one point, I really thought I was going to be a psychologist. And it wasn't until I was a junior in high school where I finally had that one thing that I was like, yes, this is what I'm going to be, this is what I want to do with my life, and that was becoming a professional baseball player. Up until that point, I had played baseball my entire life, and I was cut that year from the varsity baseball team. I think being cut really put a chip on my shoulder, more of a chip than was already there, and it really lit a fire in my belly because I wanted to prove the coaches wrong. I remember going to the coach's classroom right outside his door to see if I made the team or not right and there's that piece of paper with everyone's name who made the team and I looked at it scanning it down and I didn't see my name and I turned around and I looked at my junior varsity coach in the eyes and I just like walked away and I decided from that moment like yes this isn't the end of my baseball career I'm going to become a professional I'm going to prove these people wrong I definitely should have made the team I'm definitely good enough to play So I started to play in a league outside of my high school and didn't get recruited by any colleges except for one to play baseball. I didn't end up going to that college. I went to a different college and I decided to try out for the team there. I made the team and in my four years, I had a lot of success. I started all four years. I won awards my junior and senior year. And even though I had a successful career, I would say, I definitely would view it as a four years of lost potential because I just had a lot of really bad luck. If you're one to believe that everything happens for a reason, maybe you believe the universe gives you signs, right, of things that you should do. Well, if you're that type of person, then the universe was definitely telling me that I wasn't meant to be a professional baseball player. It just felt like a string of events that all led from one to the other, and it all started with me tearing my UCL in my throwing arm during the summer going into my sophomore year, and from there I was basically 
injured with something the rest of my career. Every single year, I just had to get over the injury in the summer when the season wasn't going on. And I never really got to pursue aggressively becoming a professional baseball player because it wasn't like I was playing in summer leagues, getting looks from scouts or really improving as much as I could have been because everything was just geared towards, hey, you need to get better so that you can play the next season. My parents couldn't afford for me to sit out a year to get super healthy, right? Usually what people do is when they get a pretty big injury, they'll sit out that season and then they'll come back a fifth year of college and they'll just play their fourth year of baseball. So that was out of the cods for me and I just had to deal with everything. My senior year, I played the entire season injured with just hamstring injuries that wouldn't get better. I was always afraid that whole season, whether or not I was gonna tear my hamstring again and that was just really stressful. I don't want to, you know, play the world's smallest violin or anything, but just like as an example of bad luck, right? Like my senior year, two weeks or so into the season, we're doing a drill at third base, like a rundown drill where I'm the one running and I'm running to home plate and I slip and fall and my hand goes behind my back and the third baseman running me down slips as well and his cleat goes completely over my hand and these are metal cleats bear in mind and it just rips like the skin off of my left pinky right below my left pinky on my palm and it's just bleeding everywhere I've never bled that much in my life I thought at that point my baseball career was over because once again wasn't going to be able to play a fifth year season had already started as well and I thought it's probably broken and I'm screwed so That was really stressful. Luckily, it ended up just being a really, really bad bruise. That's why kids always drink your milk growing up, I guess. But had to deal with that. And it was just, you know, once again, freak accident, bad luck. What are you going to do? But my, my goal at that point when I was a senior, it was just to get through the season and then heal up the legs, hopefully get healthy. And I was going to play in this winter league in Palm Springs in January of 2016 I'd be graduating in May of 2015. The season would be over. So I'd have, what is that? Basically like seven and a half months or so to get healthy and get prepared for this league. That was a month long. And then hopefully get picked up by a professional team, not in major league baseball, but in independent leagues. And then from there, I could make my way hopefully to the minors. That of course did not end up working out. I was not able to heal my poor hamstrings. I did physical therapy, but I ran out of appointments to where the insurance wouldn't cover them anymore, and my legs just never got better. I couldn't even run at that point, and I wasn't able to continue to pursue this goal of mine, so I decided in October of 2015 to hang up the cleats. What really bothered me about that whole experience and what I regret most about it is just the fact that I wasn't able to really go out on my terms. I never really felt like I was able to prove whether or not I was good enough to be a professional baseball player. I think physically and talent-wise, I was absolutely good enough to be a professional baseball player. Not a major league baseball player by any means, but I definitely felt like I could have played in the minors. I think looking back on it mentally, all these injuries and things that happened, it definitely set me down a path to where I don't think I was mentally strong enough to be 
a professional baseball player, I think that's the thing that kind of screwed me over, right? Or was kind of my hindrance that really was something that was a challenge for me. And I do think that was just because the injury after injury, it really just changed my confidence level in myself. And it just was really difficult. So that was something that was really hard for me because my entire life, my identity was tied to being a baseball player, right? And this could be with anything. It doesn't have to just be sports. It could be whatever your identity is, right? And so when you lose that identity, you have to figure out what you're going to do at that point. What's your new identity going to be? And I think the danger with having your identity tied to just this one thing that's all I was my entire life. I was this baseball player in college. I didn't do any internships. I didn't have any jobs ever. It was just baseball, baseball, baseball. I was so dead set on this idea, right? Prove those coaches wrong. Become a professional baseball player. This is what you love. This is what you want to do. You love the process of getting better. And when it was gone, finally, I was really depressed because I just didn't know what I wanted to do. And I was also super salty about the fact of all the things that had happened to me. And I felt like a victim at the same time, as I started to look at applying to jobs, I just was like, well, I have no job experience. I don't even have people that I could put as recommendations on the job applications. So I just was like, what's the point of even applying to jobs? I'm screwed. Like I literally screwed myself in my life. I didn't do internships. I didn't do anything. And so now I'm screwed. Like, how am I ever getting the job? And that was a bad time. I just sat around most of the time, you know, watching TV, playing video games, watching movies, staying in my room. I didn't really go out. I just felt like, what am, you know, what am I going to do? And I think the only light for me, and this is what I think set everything in motion, the only light at this time and like the only thing that really like I think got me through it because, you know, you just, you've lost your identity. You have your parents freaking grinding you. Like, you got to get a job. It's time. Like, oh, the baseball thing, like, you didn't work out. Like, at least you tried it, right? But the thing that I think helped me a lot was podcasts. I finally discovered podcasts. This was the first time I had ever listened to them. The first podcast I ever listened to in my life was The Art of Charm by Jordan Harbinger. That's the, the first one. And one of the first episodes I listened to was with Tim Ferriss. Tim Ferriss is one of the OGs, we'll say, of podcasting. He is essentially what I would like to become, like part of it, and really fell in love with that podcast. I also discovered, I think, Joe Rogan's podcast, the OG OG of podcasting, one of the biggest podcasts in the world today, my favorite podcast. That was the third podcast I discovered, and I remember I just would listen to these episodes like all day, whatever I was doing, even when I was doing the baseball thing still, right? Trying to become a baseball player or a professional baseball player. After I graduated, I was listening to these podcasts when I'd like go hit and practice and all these different things. And I would even like sit there at home and I just take notes on the podcast. Like what can I learn from the person they're interviewing? And I really just fell in love with it because I love the fact that they could interview people from all different walks of life. They could interview experts in all these different fields and they could just learn. It's not like you had to do the same thing every single day. It was very relaxed. I love the long form aspect of it. Joe Rogan, man, he's got podcasts. Like they're three hours on average usually. I love that, these long conversations because what other, what other medium can you do that? There really isn't anything else like it. It's very unique. I just absolutely 
loved it. So that really helped me. And I finally was able to get lucky. I got a job in April of 2016, finally. I was able to get an interview, of course, through a connection of my mom. Connections, 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 people. That that seems to always be the way that things end up going your way. So I got an interview for this job. I am not the type of person, I think, that is particularly a good first impression. Like, I don't think I'm a bad first impression, but I'm definitely the type of person I start slow and I finish strong. If you look at my baseball career, every single season, I started really slow and then I just finished really strong in the end. And I think for interviews, for jobs, that's not a good thing because you basically have to make a really good impression, right? A very memorable impression from the get-go. And so that's something I've always struggled with. And I'm also just, I don't think, very good at answering questions. I usually run into what I'm trying to say. It's almost like my mind works faster than what I'm able to say. And then I just kind of am talking and then all of a sudden I don't know where I'm going with it and I'm just like lost and it's really awkward, right? And so I didn't think particularly the interview went very well, but I got a second interview and that interview, I will say was really important for me because it gave me a lot of insight into what I think were my strong suits. And once again, didn't think I was particularly great with answering the questions, but I spent an hour just asking him in the second interview, I just asked all these different questions about what I was curious about. I genuinely wanted to know about all these different aspects of the business and I wanted to pick his brain about things. And I think that is why I ended up getting the job was because of my curiosity that I displayed and like the fact that I actually care and and ask a lot of questions. And so that was something I realized that was always there, but I never really noticed it for what it was until I think I got that job because that was something like they complimented me on was like, oh, you asked like a lot of questions. That's great. And so I felt, well, okay. So I ask a lot of questions and I'm curious, like that's a really good thing. And that I think is probably what speaks most to my personality. Like if you had to If you had to say, hey, what's one word to describe you? I would instantly say curious. And growing up, being in college, right, being in high school, I never really had that word where I'd be like, yes, this is the word that describes me best. I remember in college, remember when you're first going to college, this could be anything. They put like the the games where it is icebreakers. They'll do all these stupid games, right? I always hated those, but they played. we played this one game in my little college group when we went for our intro to the college, like the uh, orientation day or whatever, right? In our group, we all went around in a circle and we had to say a word that started with the first letter of our name, okay? And so everyone's going in a circle. I'm kind of in the middle and I'm thinking to myself as each person's going, I'm like, oh my God, what am I gonna say? I don't wanna say something stupid, but I don't know what I'm gonna say. I don't have a word, like what describes me and I'm freaking out in my head and it finally gets to me and I just say, cool Connor. It's like, what, cool Connor? That's what you come up with? And I just felt like such an idiot saying that and just so like stupid and like a loser. Now, I would say if I could do that all over again, right, if I could go back to that time and I could choose a different word, I would say Curious Connor because that, I think, definitely identifies me best. So here I am now, April of 2016. I've got a job, making money. 
I've identified, hey, podcasting something I'm really into, right? And another thing I discovered was Casey Neistat on YouTube, and he really appealed to me because I just loved his style of videos. I loved that he was doing daily vlogs. He was one of the first YouTubers, if not the first YouTuber, that I really actually religiously watched. I would look every single day to see if there was a new video. And I really enjoyed his vlogs because it had a homemade video feel to it. You could tell he was very measured and like smart and he kind of just went with the flow and he was, I think, a little bit of a perfectionist, but not a perfectionist. Like the way his videos just, I don't know. I don't know how to describe it. It didn't feel like a movie by any means. It wasn't like this super professional thing, but he was clearly like the way he told stories and the way he's edited videos was super unique to him and him alone. And that, I think, just his style really appeals to me. That is, I think, where I got a taste of travel because in a lot of his videos, he'd be going to these countries where he'd be given speeches. He'd get paid to fly to these countries to give speeches about, you know, like becoming a YouTuber, like content creation, things like that. And he would go through the whole experience. So it would be like a, a vlog on the travel day of like him going to the airport and him having his luggage and him being on the plane. I really just started to fall in love with his lifestyle. I like the idea of him just going about his day, filming everything and just kind of doing snippets here and there. And then like him talking to the camera and then like the whole travel aspect of it. I really enjoyed that. And I thought like, hey, this is something I could really get behind and something I think that I would enjoy doing and something I think I could be good at. So that planted a seed in my head, right? So at this point, we have two seeds planted. We have the podcasting seed and we have like the vlogging content creation, YouTube, which I think is less of a seed, we'll say, than the podcasting. Like that's the main seed, all right? That's the big seed is the podcasting. That's the watermelon seeds. And then the the YouTube, we'll say, is the apple seeds, all right? So the watermelon, we're, we're more about the watermelon seeds at this point. Then I start watching Anthony Bourdain's Parts Unknown. I discover this show on Netflix. I just happened to come across it. I had never watched it before. I didn't even really know who Anthony Bourdain was at that point. And I felt even more in love with travel. His style, once again, his ability to tell stories. I love that it wasn't just a food show. It was more of like a culture show where he combined all the different interesting aspects of the culture like he'd have that as a component of the show but he'd also have all the different like you know good food and he'd have these guests and these people that would show him around at these different cities and countries he was going to the episode i've said it that sticks out in my mind most is tokyo episode this is one of the earlier episodes in the series i believe I don't know if it's season one or season two. It might be season one, episode two, if I remember correctly. But in this Tokyo episode, I think that was life-changing for me. And it sounds dramatic, right? It sounds like this big, huge thing. But it really was because that was the first thing I ever saw where I was like, yes, I need to go do this because of what I'm seeing. Just the way he introed that episode with the robot restaurant and just the, the weird alien but yet unique show that was taking place like what they were showing and then his his voice over of it him explaining what was happening and like how he felt it was just such an amazing 
thing to see and then just the rest of that episode was just one after the other just amazing 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 that whole show it was very much like that with all these different places you would go to and i just found myself being like yep i want to go there yep i need to visit this place and i need to visit that other place and like i started creating a bucket list of of travel and i think traveling just started to become more and more appealing to me right and I think one of my dreams really and I think a huge part of this is the influence of him and Casey is I would love to on YouTube be able to travel around and just have a show where I'm kind of doing what he did or you're kind of exploring the culture and you're eating the food that's one thing from traveling that I've even discovered like even more so I've discovered is that I love 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 food I know I've always loved food but that's the one thing that the passions there and just the interest and the excitement that I feel with like discovering a new restaurant and going there and ordering as many things as I can afford and eat and just trying all the different things and then going back again if it's really good and trying something else and just trying the menu trying every single thing I can on the menu as many things as possible I love doing that and I think that's something I definitely want to try doing in the future so that's the three seeds that's the the podcasting and the content creation and then the the travel seed was planted from from Casey initially and then from watching this parts unknown show so I'm working at this point and all these things are going through my mind as I'm working because I'm realizing six months into the job or so, I'm realizing like, I don't think this is for me. I feel like I'm aimlessly wandering with what I'm doing. I don't think this is really leading to something that I actually want. Yes, it's a job and obviously you have to make money. It's important. And a lot of people don't have the luxury of being able to choose what they want to do with their lives and what ends up being a big part of that usually is as you get older and older you know you get married and you get responsibilities and you have a family and you're not able to take risks or maybe pursue the things you've always wanted to because you just have the responsibility of others and you can't do that because you have to make money like that's basically the goal is just make money so that I can support my family and I saw my life heading in that direction where I had a girlfriend and that was getting serious right and then I'm in this job that I don't necessarily love I love the people I worked with love 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 the people the bosses I had I'm so lucky that my first job I was able to have the bosses and the people and the, like the precedent they set for like doing good work and attention to detail and like really caring even if other departments don't care and like are difficult to deal with. I think that was absolutely invaluable for me. But the work itself and like the monotony of the day-to-day doing the same thing and not really getting to have my hand in other areas of the business and just being stuck in a cubicle and feeling my body change, right? Where like my hips are getting tighter, I'm starting to get a back pain and you're just in this little cubicle you know, nine to six every single day and you're just looking forward to the weekend, but it's not enough and then it's already Monday again and you do it all over again. And like I started to literally dread waking up Monday, like I get anxiety at night and like this distress of the job of having so much work where I, I was doing so much, I felt like like more than what one person should be doing, right? Because we were stretched thin and just the pressure I'd put on myself. I just told myself this can't be the rest of your life. And at that time, I'm starting to create this idea in my head of, well, what do you want to do? And it becomes more and more apparent to me, it's podcasting, it's the content creation, it's making the videos, it's maybe traveling. 
then I start thinking, well, how am I actually going to do this? And I'm thinking about all the little things that have kind of bothered me my whole life, okay? When it comes to travel, never something I wanted to do growing up. In college, the big thing to do if you're not playing a sport, generally it's join a sorority or fraternity and study abroad. Studying abroad wasn't something that I would be able to do because I was so focused on becoming a professional baseball player, right? I wasn't willing to miss a semester where I could be getting better at baseball, right? Practicing with the team to to study abroad. Sure, would I be allowed to do it before the season? Sure, I could have done it, but I wasn't willing to. And I think this was the first time in my life where I started to notice, wow, people actually really love to travel. And that's a thing where people want to explore different parts of the world. And it bothered me because I wasn't really one to want to do that. I, by nature, am a homebody. I like to be comfortable because a lot of the time I feel really uncomfortable, whether that's physically or I think emotionally. I'm an introvert by nature. I I'm kind of a loner and I feel like with introverts, you get your energy from being alone to, you know, recharge your batteries. And so like to be social and be with people, it's difficult. And so like, sure, I can be social, but most of the time I prefer to just be chilling in my room, playing video games or like watching TV shows or reading. That's my preference. My preference isn't to go out and party with people. I think it made it hard for me because growing up in high school and a little bit in college, I had really bad stomach problems where I'd always just feel like crap. I'd always feel bloated or like be constipated. Like the issues I've had, like seriously, since the time I was a little kid, it's been bad. And so I'd always feel like that and that would make it where I wouldn't want to go out. And then I'd get sunburned really easily with my pale old skin So I'd get sunburned easily being out in the sun and then I'd get super dehydrated easily and it just was always a big drama show where I'd have to go out to do something. So the idea of traveling from that point of view, that didn't really appeal to me. And then also I'm a clean freak and I generally think the worst is going to happen or I'm afraid the worst is going to happen. I get that from my mother. So the idea of staying in hostels or staying in a hotel or like what's on the bed if you put a black light on it, right? I just think of the worst things possible. What if I get sick? What if I get mugged? What if this happens? What if that happens? Just all of these things made it to where I never really thought about traveling or even wanted to travel. Like it was just something when I'd hear it, it would be like, oh, okay, I'm not going to do it. That's something that really bothered me because I felt like, what am I missing out on if I feel this way? All these people are willing to deal with the uncomfort durable things that come with traveling and they're willing to stay in hotels or stay in hostels so that they can have these experiences and it's something where I just felt like like you're not willing to do that why that I'm just the type of person that like the things that I am not willing to do or like my perceived weaknesses or the things that make me uncomfortable I really push back about that in my head and wish I was the complete opposite I think and so it really made me want to overcome the way I felt, the fact that I didn't want to be challenged or like I was afraid of the challenge of traveling because that's just all you hear about is all these people studying abroad and blah, blah, blah. And it like bothered me that I wasn't willing to do that because of these things. So there was that seed with travel. And then another big thing that really bothered me was 
I used to listen to this show. It's called The Herd. It's a radio show on Fox, and it's Colin Cowherd. It's a sports radio show, okay? And so he'd always talk about, when talking about the NBA and players being traded or moving in free agency, he'd always talk about the statistic, and I don't remember specifically what it is, but it's some outrageous number of people percentage-wise that never end up moving. I think it's eight or 10 miles from where they grew up. And that really bothered me as well, because here I was person who grew up in Los Angeles. This is where I thought I wanted to spend the rest of my life. I think it's one of the best places in the world to live. But then I thought like, well, why do I think that if I've never been anywhere else and why don't I want to go anywhere else? I really questioned everything and it made me feel like, well, you don't actually know what else is out there. And to be the type of person that hasn't experienced this growth uh, or these these challenges of living in different places and then like eventually getting to that one place. There's this journey in life where you kind of struggle and then you finally get to the place you want to be. So think of with living, maybe you live in Tennessee, you start out and then you like Colorado and then you move to Chicago and then you you slowly make your way and it's like you're finally in that place where you want to be the rest of your life. And I was already in that place right? That amazing place that I wanted to be for the rest of my life without having to have any struggle or challenge to get there. And that really bothered me for whatever reason. I just, I think I have an issue. This is a personal issue with with having to struggle maybe or having to be challenged in, in ways like that because I've had plenty of challenges my whole life, right? Like with things I've been through and sports, personal issues, whatever it may be. But I think, I think growing up in Los Angeles, going to private school my entire life, and it's not like my parents were rich or anything. They struggled to put me through private school. Like we went without a lot of things. We didn't go on vacations. You know, we didn't really, yes, we got everything we ever wanted, but it's not like we got excess. And it was definitely a stress on my parents to put me through private school. And so I feel like I kind of grew up in this bubble where I didn't really know what the world was actually like. And there were a lot of things that I never had experienced before that I wanted to experience because these were things I didn't just have to deal with because I was lucky enough to have, like, for example, I had I was lucky enough to have parents that were always there to like drive me to my sports games or like drive me to high school and I didn't have to take public transportation or just little things like that that I mean talking about it out loud it maybe it sounds kind of stupid but I really wanted to see what it was like cuz I felt like I just I isolated myself I missed out on a lot of things in high school and college I feel like I have a lot of regret of things I didn't do, whether that was just me being, you know, afraid of going out or afraid to like ask people to hang out or just, you know, social things. I have a lot of regrets with things like that. And so I think all of these different things, all these components led me to want to travel once I saw the benefits that could come from it and like the the fun excitement and the things you could learn from it from watching you know Casey or watching Anthony Bourdain it's around this whole time of working these two years that I had this job I'm thinking about to myself well should I travel and should I like pursue this I think this is what I want to do with my life but I'm not sure and a big part of me as well is thinking well if you want to be a content creator you know you want to be public with your life you want to be on social media you want to make videos, you want to do podcasting. That is the complete opposite of your personality. Growing up, I hated being the center of attention. I still hate being the center of attention. 
I'm very much aware of my surroundings. And so, you know, I'm like kind of a weirdo in public where like maybe if I trip, right, or I spill something on myself, like I'll be looking around like, oh, like did anyone see me, right? Because I would notice those things, right? So you kind of apply, you kind of apply your mindset and the way you view the world to the rest of the world. And you think that's how the world works too, but that's not the case. That's something, I know it's not the case, but it's still something I struggle with. And I was really shy growing up, really reserved. I got extreme stage fright. I wouldn't want to be in school plays I remember even when I had to do the stupid plays growing up in like fourth grade and fifth grade and you'd have, you know, your one line you'd have to say in the in the class play and I would just be shaking and terrified. I hated all of that. I hated social media. I never used any of that growing up. And so it was like, well, why? Why are you going to pursue this path if your base personality just isn't suited for that? And so that was a very big thing I had to overcome to where it was like, you know what, you're able to do this. You just have to get better at it and you have to kind of get over yourself in a way, right? And this is still something I struggle with and is going to be the reason why I'm either successful or I fail at what I'm trying to do is it's honestly going to be a big part of it is is that is the is the not caring what other people think, being able to put yourself out there, being able to be public, be the center of attention, not be self-conscious and so on and so forth. So there's all these different thoughts. And as time goes on, as I'm listening to more podcasts and I'm starting to love it more and more and like the YouTube thing, I'm starting to love it more and more. And then I'm starting to realize all these different things growing up. Maybe it's just me justifying why I should have made the decision to pursue what I ended up pursuing, right? But there were a lot of things that I would point to where it was like, yes, you can do this. And so like an example would be, I remember senior year in college, I was in this business ethics class and me and my friend and roommate, we had to do a project for like the whole semester. And we so we had to film a video and do a presentation, okay? The video, I was completely in charge of that. I came up with the idea. We filmed it all, got it all out there, and I edited it, did everything, okay? And we ended up getting an A-plus on the project. Our video was by far the best. It was really funny. Like, people laughed. That was something that was a struggle for me because I really struggled putting myself out there, having the risk of failure or the risk of something not working right and like trying to be funny i think is a is a big one for me the idea of trying to be funny and then it just not being funny and it's like really awkward and you just have to watch people watch your video where they're just not laughing like i oh my god that was a big risk for me a big step and it ended up paying off and i just remember how much i enjoyed that whole process of making the video with my friends, coming up with the idea and filming it and then editing it. I really loved that. That made me think like, okay, well maybe this is something I can do, right? Like the YouTube thing. And then just my curiosity in general, I thought, and like the fact that I ask good questions and I'm genuinely curious about a lot of different things and I don't have that one passion. There's a multitude of things that I'm really passionate about but not that one thing where I will like go all in on it for the rest of my life I don't have that so I thought okay well this this content creation thing this is a way for you to explore different areas you can get really good at that one thing which is content creation but it allows you to do all these different things and I really really like that because I don't think there really is any other job in the world where you can do something like that so that was a thing. As time's going on, I'm getting more and more confident and certain that I want to do 
this whole travel thing and I want to pursue content creation. We'll say this is like a year and four months at this point where I'm at the point where like, I want to do this before it's kind of, you know, you're getting the seeds being planted. You're thinking like, oh, this might be a thing I can do. Right. But it's around then where I'm like, I think this is something I definitely want to do. I remember I'm always talking to my friend is this whole two year period. Every time we talk, I'm always bringing up, hey, I think I want to travel. Should I do this? I think I want to go down this path with my career. It was always something that I brought up. I think the reason why it took me so long to finally pull the trigger on it was because the expectations and just the the desires of my parents. I think I'm the type of person, I said it before, but I care what people think. And I think a lot of that comes from my mom and Something that really sticks with me a lot is for Gary Vaynerchuk, if anyone's ever listened to him before, one of the main things he says, one of his most popular quotes is basically that there's someone in your life that might be holding you back or that you care too much about this person's opinion and that it's holding you back. And generally that person is your mom or your wife. And so for me, it's my mom because I care what she thinks and I want to like make them happy and at the same time it's I don't want to like butt heads with them to where I want to do this thing but I know they're gonna say like oh that's stupid right and they're kind of just not gonna support it and that's hard because when you want to do something and you're not sure about it and then you don't have the support it just makes you well I'm not ever gonna do this right it's like almost like I was seeking their approval my parents approval to do it and so I never ever brought it up even though I was thinking about doing this and then finally one day I just brought it up and of course she didn't want me to do it why didn't she want me to do it? Because obviously the unknown of like, okay, you're not making money anymore, right? You don't have a job. So like, what are you going to do with your life? And the the gap in your resume, the perceived risks of traveling, like I said before, I'm the type of person that thinks the worst is going to happen. I get that from my mom and she's the same way. So she's like, oh my God, what's going to happen if you go here, blah, blah, blah. Like this could happen and you have to worry about this and that. And it just, it was tough because it made me question then, well, should I travel then if this stuff might happen? But as time went on, I got more and more confident in the fact that I wanted to do this. And I think as she saw that it was something I was going to do, she was supportive to a degree with it to where she wasn't giving me crap about it anymore that I was going to be doing it. But I wouldn't say it was something that she wanted me to do necessarily. And so getting back to the universe making decisions for you or the universe telling you something, giving you signs. In October of 2017, still working on the job, same job, wondering, should I do this? Going back and forth. I'm probably 70% the way there at this point where I'm like, yes, I'm going to finally tell my bosses that I'm going to quit and I'm going to start planning this trip and I'm going to do it. I had been saving money the entire time. I had been working, living at home, lifesaver. That's the whole reason why I'm able to travel. I'm lucky there that I had somewhere to live. So I've been saving all this money, right? So I'm basically at the point where I have enough money to travel for an extended period of time. And I'm just really afraid to tell my bosses. I'm really afraid to actually commit because once you commit, once I actually tell my bosses, hey, I'm going to quit, then I have to go down this whole path. I have to go down this uncomfortable path that I am not sure whether or not I'm going to be able to be successful at not even just traveling and the unknowns and the the worries that come with that, the fears, but just also the fact that, hey, if you're going to become 
a content creator, if you're going to do podcasting, you're going to have to get comfortable being in the center of attention. You're going to have to be comfortable with putting yourself out there. You're going to have to get better at not caring what people think. And that was something which I was not good at doing, right? I wasn't good at putting myself out there. And to do that in the ultimate form, to put myself out there in that way where I'm gonna tell people, hey, I'm gonna be traveling and to put it all out on social media and to like worry about what people I know are gonna think or what my friends are gonna think, what my parents are gonna think, what my relatives are gonna think. Having them listen to like these podcasts or like watch me on Instagram, having to actually do social media even though I've never done it before and I hate it and I hate posting photos and I hate, you know, taking photos of myself and freaking hate how I look most of the time. All these things, I'm going to have to do all of this if I make this decision to pursue it. So October 2017 comes around and my boss calls me in one day and she offers me this new position. And it's one of those things where if I wanted to continue to grow within the company, I should take the position. And to not take the position, it would be fishy because it'd be like, well, why aren't you taking the position? Because clearly like this is the next step in your career here. That's my mindset of how I felt. And so as she was telling me this, I'm just thinking to myself, holy crap, I'm I'm going to have to make the decision finally because I can't just say, oh no, I'm not going to take this, you know, job. Thanks for asking. So I asked her, hey, can I tell you at the end of the day? And lunch comes around I call my mom and I'm like, all right, I got this offer. I don't want to take this job and then eventually quit and decide to travel later down the line because I felt like that was wrong. We were spread pretty thin with the employees that we had. And so for me to take that job and get trained and them to put the effort in with me, put all that time and effort in, and then for me to quit, I just felt that was wrong. So I wanted to tell them if I was going to be taking the job, that I was going to be quitting too. So I finally decide, I'm just like, you know what? I'm doing it. So tell my mom I'm doing this. She's like, okay, cool. I tell my boss, I wait until the very end of the day when everyone's gone, I go in there and I'm like absolutely terrified. I'm kind of shaking. My voice is, you know, tremoring because I'm worried. I'm like, oh, is she going to be like really mad at the person that had this job just is quitting too, right? That's why she offered me it. And then here I am going to be quitting too. And it's going to be really stressful for her. And what are they going to do? And they're going to be mad at me and all these different things, right? And so I'm like terrified to tell her. So I tell her like, I'll take the job, but I want to let you know that I'm actually going to be quitting as well. In January, I wanted to give them enough time to fill the role and like to train the next person who's going to be taking my job. So I felt, hey, January is good, even though it's October. And she was absolutely ecstatic for me, super happy. I told her what my kind of, you know, what the career plans were. I wanted to go in this different direction, super supportive. That really helped me because of how terrified I was. And then also not even being terrified of the fact of how she's going to react, but just terrified that I'm actually doing this and like to have someone kind of the first person you tell other than your parents and your friends be super supportive to you and like want the best for you that was really big for me and I think that really helped give me confidence in like the fact that I was making this decision so that was huge for me so at this point all right the decision has been made and I'm going to be doing it so January rolls around I quit at the beginning of the year proceed to plan the trip 10 months go by I remember thinking why are you doing this when I was on the plane to London, first stop on this 10-month journey, and 
looking back on it, it's the best decision I've ever made in my life. The amount of things I've learned about myself and other people, the amount of life experience I've been able to get in 10 months is astounding to me. It really just goes to show what is possible if you're willing to take a leap. And I'd say the travel portion was a huge success. I'd say the whole social media content creation, that's been a lot more rocky and a lot harder for me to get over myself is the best way of putting it. And that's something I'm still struggling with. At least I think with doing this podcast, that is definitely a highlight because this is obviously public. Having people listen to it and not really worry about you know, expressing my thoughts and like insecurities or whatever it may be, being able to do that. I think that's a big step. But as far as everything else goes, there's definitely a lot more progress that needs to be made. We'll see with that. And like I said, now that I'm back, going to be going back to the office life, it looks like. And we'll see what happens from there. There's a lot that needs to happen. I definitely want to do something like this again. That is all my motivations for traveling and wanting to become a content creator. I think next week's episode is going to be specifically geared to the pros and cons of traveling. So if you're thinking about doing something like this, that'll give you an idea of like what I think is good and bad about it because there are a lot of good things like I just mentioned, but there also are a lot of bad things. I don't necessarily think pursuing being a content creator while traveling was the best for me or at least to start out because it's just so hard to balance both of them another reason why i should mention why i wanted to travel was because i felt like that would be a good way to create a mystique around myself here's this person that travels the world and goes to all these places like it made it makes me more of an appealing person and i thought i could build a social media following a lot easier doing it while traveling instead of just being in Los Angeles trying to do it. Because like I said, it's like more interesting seeing a person travel and go to all these different places. How wrong I was. My my very simple plan, right? The evil plan was travel and you're going to have all these amazing experiences. You're going to have all these photos. People are going to be interested. You're going to get this following. And then that's going to funnel people into like your podcast. And then if you make YouTube videos, you can do those while traveling. And you're going to have all this great content and all these unique experiences And it's definitely been a lot harder than I thought it would be. Not that it would be easier. I'd have some super uber success by now, but I definitely thought I'd be a lot further along than I am. So that has been interesting to learn. That I'll be talking about as well in a later episode. In the social media episode of what I've learned, there's going to be a travel of what I've learned a travel portion of what I've learned, and then there's going to be the social media episode of what I've learned as well. That's going to be the end of the episode. This one is so much better than the first one I recorded. Thank God for that. I hope everyone enjoyed the episode. If you want to know more about anything that I talked about, Hancock at gmail.com is my email. Instagram, Hancock. Like the podcast, subscribe to the podcast, leave a review for the podcast if you so will would love that thank you all for listening hope everyone has a wonderful week see you guys next week with another episode